creating emotionally resonant content is about creating content that makes people feel seen, feel heard, feel known and taps into the part of their brain that will stick around and watch something or read something because they relate to it. And it somehow it speaks to a problem in their life or an issue they're passionate about. It tells a story. It takes us somewhere on a journey in our minds. All of that stuff is the stuff of great, powerful, emotional content. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I. LD.TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. Well, happy 2024, everybody. I hope you all had a great holiday. I'm excited to be back uh, from break here. We took a little break for this podcast, press the pause button. And uh, that was all through the month of December. And while it was super nice just to slow down for the holidays and and got a chance to reflect and set goals and stuff as uh, I'm sure others listening have. I'm equally excited to be back and hit the ground running here on the podcast. Uh, We celebrate Christmas at my house. My daughters are eight and six and just at the perfect Christmas ages. So it's really exciting to watch them like open presents and be in their PJs all day and playing with their gifts. Of course, my job is to put all the gifts together to assemble all them (laughs) once, once they're opened. Uh, So lots of little tiny screws and Allen wrenches, uh, you know, spread across the living room. But um, it is my joy to serve in that way, but it's such a magical time. I mean, it's such a weird, cool time of year. Like, you know, we decorate a lot. We listen to Christmas music and it's just this warm, fuzzy, you know, feeling full of all this like anticipation. And, um, this year I was just extra aware of the holiday season, just how glad that I am that that's like part of our culture, like our natural rhythm of the year. It's just a really cool time to, to slow down and, and just feel good. You know, uh, that's the update on my Christmas, but anyway, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we've got a great lineup of guests coming your way in the new year. Coming up next is artist Cadu from Element 451 talking about the intersection of storytelling and AI. And we unpack a really cool campaign by Carvana, which utilized AI pretty heavily to create hyper personalized videos for its customers. So I'm super excited to share that episode with you because it's this Carvana thing is really cool. I just got a little bit like giddy, just geeking out over it. Um, so I'm excited for you to kind of see what they were, what Carvana was up to and, and how we kind of work backwards and unpack that um, from artists' sort of AI perspective. But what I wanted to kick off 2024 with was a solo episode here. Uh, and I want to talk particularly about a concept that's near and dear to me. And that's this concept of 
what I call the side door phrase I like to say, arriving at the brand through the side door. I think that's just a really helpful way to look at our efforts to create emotionally resonant content. So when we create content, there's a, a strong pull to want to talk directly about the thing. Like what is the brand talking points that we need to include here? Um, and then the story kind of takes a backseat to that. Now, maybe it's a particular program you're promoting or you're just you're creating a piece of content to attract prospective students to your school and you want to obviously talk about the school and convince people to go there. And that sort of approach is like trying to get someone to go through the front door. It's the most obvious point of entrance. But in a minute here, I'm going to unpack a few examples of content that I find really compelling and persuasive that would be more of a side door approach. Talking about something else, uh, something other than the obvious thing we're marketing because when we arrive at the brand through the side door, uh, in many cases, the impact is felt on a much deeper level. So let me show you what I mean. Um, there's a video. I'm going to try to talk about this, assuming that you might not watch the, vid <laughs> the videos uh, that I'm talking about. Um, so I'll try to do my best to describe them, uh, but I will link to them uh, and uh, you should go check them out. Uh, there's a video by Land Rover the car company. Uh, I may have talked about this already in an earlier episode. It's called the land of land rovers. So if you just go on YouTube and Google the land of land rovers, you'll find that again, I'll link it to, um, it's an old video. It came, came out, I think in like 2019 or something, but it's about a small remote village in Nepal and they have to travel up. It's a real story. It's like a document, little three minute documentary. And they have to travel up this, up and down this, this big mountain. So it's really steep. It's like raining and stuff. So treacherous roads, it's a really thin winding road. And because of that, the village owns something like over 40 Land Rovers and they only trust Land Rovers. <laughs> and so they only trust this fleet of Land Rovers because they're so rugged and they're really good at navigating the landscape. Um, and they don't trust any other vehicle, uh, in this place. And so this video is about this village and the process of getting around and how they have to use these Land Rovers. And so that's like an interesting story in itself, but to take it a step further, these are not new Land Rovers. Like these are not the music video kind of like cool whips, you know, <laughs> uh, these are old. The oldest one they still actively use is from 1957. So you watch this and it's a true story that proves these claims to be true about the ruggedness and the long lastingness of Land Rover. Um, you get the sense that these vehicles are built to last. They're tanks. And they didn't just say Land Rovers are built to last. You know, they'll help you navigate the toughest terrain and blah, blah, blah. And they'll last a long time. But they told a true story that really proves those claims to be true. And that's a side door approach to marketing, a brilliant one, I think. And it's a story about this particular brand of vehicles, but it's really a story about this village and what it takes to exist in this village on a daily basis and about the one tool that is crucial to their existence. Very much worth watching. It's a three and a half minute video. And uh, yeah, I've used that that video as an example in other um, you know, presentations, LinkedIn posts or whatever. But I always come back to that as like, that's just a great, and it's very cinematic. It's very like you're watching a movie and, uh, and it's just like, you're getting the vibe of Land Rovers. You're downloading something that you don't even realize you're downloading. You're like, you're downloading to your psyche, the value of this brand, but you're hooked on this story that's being told. You do realize you're being marketed to. It's obviously a Land Rover commercial, but 
it doesn't feel like they're an infomercial. It feels like something you can just sink into and just be transported away into. So um, another example, P&G, formerly known as Procter & Gamble, uh, for the 2014 Olympics had this campaign called Thank You, Mom. Uh, and it showed like little toddlers learning how to walk and they fall down and the mom is right there to pick them up and then they get older and the, you know, they're on a snowboard, a kid falls down in the backyard and in the snow and his mom's there to pick them up and they get older and, you know, they're in team sports they're playing hockey and the kid, you know, a kid gets like checked real hard and falls down to the ice and the mom's in the crowd, you know, behind the glass, like, ah, uh, just, you know, watching a kid, um, being concerned. And it's all these examples of the progression of life, like trying and failing, failing more than we succeed. But the role of mom is the constant. And then it shows these kids as adults, like competing in the Olympics and winning this big victory. And, you know, mom is there to celebrate, you know, with her daughter. And we see P&G products throughout, you know, as like they're toddlers and, you know, using some of the products. But it's really not the focus. I almost like forgot that it was a PNG commercial and really honestly didn't even notice the products in there. It was really just about the feeling. Um, but it's, it's really about the important role of like a mother in a child's life. And you watch that. And even as a dad, it makes me want to go be a better dad, right. To be more engaged and to help my kids over hurdles, um, in life and to like, see their passions, like see where their life is taking them. Where is their passions taking them? Uh, my youngest is really into basketball and just, she's a little more sporty. Uh, Ellie, my oldest is into music and Taylor Swift and all things, you know, beauty and fashion and celebrities. And, um, it just makes me want to like lean into that, you know, they're making a connection to sports and, uh, and stuff, but I thought it was interesting. That it's like, it's about sports, but it's really, it's like, they turned to the camera and said, let's look at mom. And mom's role in this. And I think when you watch the Olympics, there's there's some stories. There's one snowboarder. Um, I don't know her name and I don't know, you know, her dad's name or whatever. But uh, she was this, I want to say, like probably 18 or 19 year old snowboarder in like the X game. I think it was the Olympics or the X Games, something like that. But there was this side story of like how her dad like would like drive her so far. I can't remember. It was like an eight hour drive or something like that. Uh, repeatedly every week to get her to practice or whatever it was. It was just, again, I'm butchering the story. I can't remember. I just have this vague memory of this um, snowboarder and the, the story they told about her dad's persistence with supporting her love for snowboarding and getting her to practices and um, just like really going out of his way to make sure that she was reaching her full potential as a snowboarder. Um, and I just think that that's a cool thing that PNG picked up on is like within sports, there's the emotional draw of the sport itself. Right. And the wins and the, and the losses and stuff, but like as a side door, like where else can we point the camera and where else is their emotion going on? There's emotion happening, uh, with the relationship of the athletes to their parents and, um, the parents are obviously as toddlers and as they grow up, the ones buying the stuff, you know? Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a really good sort of side door. Um, P and G found a good side door as a way to market their products, but like really kind of like drawing you in with this very real emotions as of a parent that you can relate to. Even as a dad, I relate to that, but let's, uh, let's look at a recent example in March of, 2023 dove dove's out there doing some good stuff 
you know, I mean, I keep seeing Dove in these like case studies of like best marketing campaigns and stuff like that. So I think Dove did the one where it was like the um, sketch artist that um, maybe I'm messing it up, but it was like the sketch artist and he like brings, you know, people in and they, they describe themselves and he sketches them out. And then the um, they had like people meet this person in the lobby and they have the people that met them describe that person. And uh, the the drawing is more beautiful of the way that others described them versus how they describe themselves. Anyway, I think that's Dove. Anyway, they're doing some good stuff. Um, but in 2023, March of 2023, they launched this campaign called Turn Your Back, which I thought was cool. And it was this whole initiative where they partnered with influencers and celebrities to take on the social media filter culture. And it's like these beauty filters that are so rampant on TikTok and Snapchat and stuff. Um, according to Dove's research, 48% of girls who digitally alter their photos have lower self-esteem compared to 28% of girls who don't digitally alter their photos. I hate these filters. It's so ridiculous, you know, how ramp rampant they are. You, you can literally just make yourself look like an entirely different person and people are repeatedly doing that <laughs> um, to, you know, make up for some insecurity they have about the way that they look. Anyway, Dove comes along and they've put this stake in the ground like, you know, you're beautiful in your natural skin. And, and of course, they make soap mostly marketed to women. But it's an interesting way to take a side door approach. And instead of, you know, hawking the natural ingredients in their soap and the moisturizers and the this and the that, they're entering into a cultural conversation that's important in our time. It's it's a very real pain point in female culture um, and probably male culture, too. I just don't see a lot of men using the like the big eyelash filter <laughs> you know and like the skin softening filter and stuff like that um and they they said you know what we're we're going to be the brand that helps women see the beauty they already possess i think that's just i think that's cool and i think that there's so many opportunities for colleges to enter into cultural i say cultural conversations and maybe it's not a literal conversation, but it's like a real world thing, like a real world. Maybe it's the problem of like environmental sustainability. What is the college's role in that conversation? What research is going on? What advocacy is going on? Um, you know, who's interested in that? What problems are being solved? What is the process behind solving those problems? Um, you know, that's what it means to enter into a cultural conversation that isn't just come to our school because we're a great place to learn. Um, it's no, we're part of an entire ecosystem of people and culture and college plays a role in that in educating people to go off and make a difference in the world. But also the college itself can say, Hey, here's some content. Like, here's how we are making a difference in the world. How even just coming to our college, um, you know, you're going to be part of something bigger than yourself, you know, while you're here, there's an example of this that I'll get to in a minute, but let's look at an example from higher ed, uh, Purdue, you may have heard of them, has an award-winning campaign called What Can You Imagine? And we did an earlier episode with, with Purdue's creative director, Emily Richwine, about this. And they just won an award in the last couple of weeks for the... I keep seeing them this, this campaign pop up in my LinkedIn feed. So I don't know if they won multiple... I know they won at least this one award for this. Um, but they've also won all these other, you know, look fast company featured them as like, you know, most innovative brands or something like that. Anyway, Purdue's out there doing some cool stuff. Uh, but this feature is a, a young girl sort of dreaming about what she wants to do, what she wants to be when she grows up. 
then it takes us through different possible moments in like the, you know, it takes her, shows her like graduating high school and then uh, going to college and stuff. And, you know, she's in high school, she's like building robots and stuff. And then she graduates and then she's like, I could go to Purdue. And, uh, you know, she goes to Purdue, she makes new friends, she's studying, she's building a rocket, she's learning how to code. Uh, she's doing music and dance. She's riding horses. Like, it's just this cool, like, here's this whole spread of like, whatever you want to be there's a place for you at Purdue without actually saying that. And it's just this cool aspirational piece that captures the dreams of a child and how they can be realized at Purdue. And it's this great way to showcase the campus as well and student life. And there's um, these were actors, um, but you get a sense for the culture at Purdue as, as maybe something that you want to be a part of through this girl kind of dreaming, like fast forwarding in her life. Um, there's a part where she's like, I can join the marching band and play the world's biggest drum. And it's this big bass drum that I assume is some staple at Purdue. I'm not sure, but it was kind of like probably a wink to Purdue culture. I thought that was cool, um, but really inspiring marketing piece. It's it's currently sitting at 29 million views on YouTube and looking through the comments, you can tell this really resonated with both Purdue alumni and prospective students. Um, all of these content campaigns are really great examples of a side door approach to marketing content. Quick break here to tell you about a thing that all the cool higher ed marketers are doing. They've all subscribed to the Higher Ed Storytellers Digest. It's my weekly email newsletter where I unpack practical tips, insights, and inspiration for creating more emotionally resonant content for their institutions. And guess what? I think you're cool and I want you on the list. Past newsletters have featured stuff like the anatomy of viral content. What makes a piece of content spread like wildfire? Also examples of really compelling user-generated video content coming out of other institutions and getting a lot of traction on YouTube. We've also talked about how emotional content isn't just being sappy all the time. There's a variety of emotions that your content can speak to that can inspire a prospective student to take the next step with your institution. And so we've unpacked that. We've shared exclusive mini podcast episodes uh, and bonus content that you can't get anywhere else but the newsletter. We've, we've shared workflow tips for using AI to aid in content creation, all kinds of stuff that we unpack in this newsletter. And on more than one occasion, I've treated my entire list to free Starbucks. I make no promises, but just saying, it's been done twice. You'll also stay up to date on the latest episodes from this podcast. So if email is a better way for you to subscribe to a podcast, this is the way. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. And when you sign up, you'll be given immediate access to all the previous editions of the newsletter. So you can binge the various topics that we've touched on and links and resources we've shared, all that stuff. So do that unveiled.tv slash newsletter unveiled is spelled U N V E I L D. Okay, back to the show. In content creation and in creating content that really prioritizes the emotions of the viewer, you know, our job is to make something that doesn't feel like a commercial. And that's where you help someone enter the brand through the side door. It's like if you just put a commercial in front of someone, it's like, hey, you want to come in? You want to come in this house? And then they're probably like, no, uh, no, thanks. But wasn't looking to go in anyone's house. Uh, but if you present this sort of narrative, it's kind of like, oh, what's going on over here? Oh, what's going on in here? And then all of a sudden they're taken on this journey and they're like, oh my God, I'm in the house. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that that's just our job as marketers is to 
um, the part of our job as marketers and content creators is to help people experience the brand in creative ways where it's not just like, boom, in your face, like come here for these reasons. I think, you know, creating emotionally resonant content is about creating content that makes people feel seen, feel heard, feel known and taps into the part of their brain that will stick around and watch something or read something because they relate to it. And it somehow it speaks to a problem in their life or an issue they're passionate about. It tells a story. It takes us somewhere on a journey in our minds. All of that stuff is the stuff of great, powerful, emotional content. And there is 100% a place for directly saying the brand value. So I watch my kids watch YouTube a lot. Uh, Ellie, my eight-year-old, loves to watch um, Mr. Beast, who is like the top YouTuber. He's got like 200 million subscribers or something like that. And, uh, and then also Ninja Kids. We were watching Ninja Kids last night. They partnered with liquid IB uh, was a sponsor of this one video we were watching and they're doing like gymnastics and flips and games and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden they kind of sneak in this, Hey, like drink liquid IB cause it's going to hydrate you better than water and blah, blah, blah. And liquid IB is like powdered version of Gatorade, something like that, that you can, you know, electrolytes and things like that. But I, it made me think about, cause I knew I was going to record this episode today. I'm like, it would actually be weird if, you know, you're watching this Ninja Kids thing and then all of a sudden they would just start talking about some story that's like not at all related to the games that they're playing in the video. <laughs> they were like, you know, let me tell you about when my grandfather was uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that would just be like weird. It would feel out of place. It makes sense in that moment for them to be like, hey, by the way, blah, blah, blah. This hydrates you better than anything. And and it tastes great and you can just put it in water and it's great and blah, blah, blah. And here's us drinking it and blah, blah, blah. All right, back to the show. Sometimes you just, you know, you need to get to the point. So I'm not saying like storytelling is always the right answer. And I don't think that it makes sense in every scenario. Uh, certainly there's an extremely a solid place for just saying like, what is it that you offer and why should I care? Because um, it just depends where people are in the funnel. But I guess we're talking more about like top of the funnel awareness you're trying to draw people in, um, give people a feeling of the brand. Um, and so that's really where the side door content kind of lives is um, attracting eyeballs, attracting hearts to then want to take the next step. One other example, I wasn't going to throw this in here, but then I met this guy yesterday. It's an example from higher ed from the, the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF. They're a medical school. I chatted with their video producer, Pete, uh, yesterday, and he shared with me this this video they created that went viral. Right now, it's at 5.8 million views on YouTube. And it's about this technology that, that UCSF students and faculty were experimenting with that allows someone who can't talk uh, to communicate through a computer's voice. This one woman, I think her name was Anne. I can't remember. I could look it up right now, but let's just say her name is Anne. Um, this one woman, she suffered a stroke uh, and had all these complications. Like she was like, she had just had a baby six months prior. Um, and then she had a stroke and all this, this perfect storm of things go wrong uh, that doctors like don't know why she has now the symptoms that she does. But for whatever reason, she is not able to talk and she's in a, in a wheelchair and stuff, but they hooked her up to this machine. It was like hooked up to her head and then there was like a TV screen with like a AI kind of like human avatar or something that was kind of like going to be her voice. 
And so she's thinking what she wants to say, and it's intercepting brain electricity or something, whatever, and somehow turning that into language. So long story short, she can't talk, but she can think about what she wants to say. And this technology will um, pick up on that and make the avatar, the AI lady, say that. Um, So, you know, it shows her thinking like, how are you today or something like that? And then the AI lady says, how are you today? You know, you see her have this conversation with um, with the researchers in the room and stuff. And it's just so interesting. And I'm watching this thinking, of course, this went viral. It's it's not viral because it, the video quality was good and, and all this stuff. It certainly was a very well produced video, um, but it's it's the content like it's the stuff that UCSF is doing. That's groundbreaking. And it's not a commercial for UCSF. Nowhere in there do they say anything about applying to UCSF or whatever. They're just telling a story of this woman who got her voice back. And you're watching it like, wow, that is huge. Imagine the implications of that in our world. And just like this groundbreaking stuff that's being done uh, that students are getting to be a part of developing. It was, I think it was like researchers and uh, also students that helped develop this uh, and worked through the kinks and worked through the problems and the coding and, and all this stuff. If I were like a techie medical student, data scientist, whatever the skill set is that makes a piece of technology like that, that would make UCSF stand out to me as a school that's differentiated. You wouldn't have to say like, oh, we're the leader in technology. Because what does that mean? Really, what does that mean? Everyone's going to say they're the leader in whatever it is that they do. We're the leading medical school. Our professors are the leading, you know, world-class people in the world and stuff like that. But it's like, No, seriously, we are leading the way in this technology and our students are coming along on that ride. Do you want to be on this ride with us? Because this is what that could look like for you. And if I were in that sort of genre of study, that would really stand out to me. Like, I feel like they buried themselves in my mind with this cool thing that they made and how it changed someone's life and the potential for it to change other people's lives who can't talk. I mean, imagine knowing how to talk. You at one point could talk. Um... But now you're just trapped in this body with, without the ability to express thoughts uh, verbally. And uh, now you're given a tool, not a very practical tool. I mean, in the beta stages where, you know, they're, she's like hooked up to a computer and it's like reading all this data and brain waves and things like that. So it's not like it's like you take it with you to, to talk, but just proving that it can be done to turn thoughts into speech is really cool. That would make UCSF, like, I feel like they buried themselves in my mind with with that. And I got all I needed to know about UCSF from that video. That would make me take the next step. Like, from there, I would then move down the funnel where I'll go seek out more information about their programs if I was interested in that. And then, you know, whether, find out if it's a good fit for me, see what other people are saying about the experience going there. So that's where all those other pieces of content, you know, the actual saying saying what it is that you do and why it's worth considering. That's why you need to have that stuff. Um, But you don't get there. That's content that someone's already in the door. They're already in the house. And then you can tell them that, but you can't get them in the house with just trying to, you know, pitch to them necessarily when they've never really heard of you before heard, you know, experienced the value of the UCF, UCSF brand or, or whatever. Um, 
So top of funnel with a, with a piece of side door content like this video, you know, you're not trying to get someone to apply. You're just trying to occupy a space in their mind that makes that person go, Hmm, like I want to learn more. And then they, they take the next step. Uh, so really cool video. Shout out to Pete Bell, uh, who is, uh, their video producer there at UCSF, uh, great work that they're doing over there. Um, and I'll link to it here so you can, so you can check it out, but okay. So what I'd love for you to take away from this episode is to think about the content that you're putting out or that you're scheduled to put out. And in the midst of all that communications, the communications from the president and promoting this or that event or sending out your next email newsletter or whatever it is, are you being intentional enough to think what kind of content can we put out there? That's going to bury us in the hearts of our prospective students and get them to take the next step. Uh, where are some of the side doors that we can explore that will get our audience inside the house of our brand where then we can then talk to them on a deeper level about the value of our school without knowing they're even aware that they've entered. Are there any opportunities here to spin these content ideas into a broader cultural conversation? So you know, taking those, say you're promoting a particular program. Can you turn the camera to the side a little bit? Who else is involved? It's just kind of like that PNG with the, with the mom. It's like, who, who else is a kind of a character in this industry? Um, and how can we kind of build a narrative around something else that then kind of leads to the value of the brand? What would this content look like if it weren't allowed to mention the name, if we weren't allowed to mention the name of the school? That's a really good litmus test, I think. If you're creating like a top of funnel awareness piece and you want this to be different, you want you don't want it to just be like every other's schools, the video at the top of their YouTube page, which is going to like open with a drone shot and have this very poetic voiceover and stuff like that. If you can take that idea and go, what if we weren't allowed to mention the name of our school? would the video fall apart? In that case, you might have just a very front door video and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe we just need to put it in the front door category. Like this still makes sense to make, or this still makes sense to write or whatever it is. Uh, but this piece of content is going to live in that front door sort of more direct sale kind of approach. But if you can take the brand name out of it and it still holds up, chances are you've probably got something with a little more substance uh, that can hold up to a narrative and still get the point across. Like if you can't get the point across without mentioning your school, if you can't get the value across, um, then chances are you're not really looking off to the side for a side door sort of piece of content. So uh, that's my charge to you in 2024. And I think we should start a movement. We'll call it side door in 2024. And I hope you will lead the way for your institution in creating uh, content. Doesn't have to be all your content. It has to be like this, but look for opportunities where you can turn the attention a little to the side and see like, what else, what is over here that we can, that we can focus on. Um, and then really do justice to that story. Let the story, let that narrative, that journey that you're building speak for itself without trying to muscle in all the brand speak, you know, finding opportunities where like, where can we look for a compelling narrative and we work backwards from the narrative instead of working backwards from the brand talking points and the sort of commercial aspect of what we're trying to do. 
So that's what I got for you. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. Uh, looking forward to uh, more great content for this podcast. And uh, we will see you next week with artist Kadu talking about uh, AI and uh, this, this cool Carvana example. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog, whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv, john is spelled J-O-H-N, or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.